1: You're listening to Paranoid Styles. What you hear tonight does not necessarily reflect my views, our beliefs, our religion, nor those of WWCR.
2: Welcome to Conspiracy Normal, everybody. Uh, this is going to be an interesting experiment, something that we're definitely going to try and we're going to make a into a monthly series uh, called Paranoid Styles. And... We've been hinting at this for a little while now, that we were going to do this. Yeah. And basically, uh, what we're planning to do, and Sergio can get a little bit more into uh, why we're going to do this, or why we're doing this. Um, We're planning to do this monthly episode about the history of conspiracy theory, I guess for lack of a better term, and the influence of conspiracy theory, and really exploring all these types of memes and ideas that are in conspiracy culture. And like I said, we've been talking about this for the last few months about what we can do and best way to go about it. And we also figure, too, you know, it's a good way for everybody to kind of get to know us and like our thoughts about it instead of just hearing a guest, which is not a problem with that. That's definitely our format and will remain so. But this are, these are kind of like more kind of like your standalone of episodes. Yeah, it's like so, a
3: podcast within a podcast pretty much.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we should say too, um, just to just kind of give an update on us and everything that we've been doing. Um, we went up to um, Somerset, Kentucky last weekend. Yeah, wow. And had a lot of fun up there uh, for the Penny Royal Season 2 release party. Which you guys will get to see, get to hear the penny roll guys on the next episode, which is going to be coming up here in just a few days. But um,
3: it was a really great time, and uh, we really appreciated their hospitality for sure.
2: Yeah, we got to see some interesting stuff. Um, Nathan and Darian took us out to around the little bar that they have uh, where we were doing the, doing the party. Yeah. Cool little place. Pretty much like, I guess, the, yeah. you could call it the center of Somerset for sure. Yeah. Um, that was what the that was the big event of that night. And they got a
3: cool thing going and a lot of community support. It's, oh yeah, it's definitely. Good to see it's something we could
2: definitely use. Definitely. And we went to um, we went and walked around. There's this like really weird obelisk type of thing that is sitting in the middle of the town that we got to see. Uh, we were at the party that night and the next day. We actually got to go visit Dan Dutton at his uh, studio that he calls Dandyland. That was really and special. That was really special. Um, oh, that man see, is a true pagan. Yeah, we got to see some of his artwork and some other cool things. Got to hang out with the goats. And uh, by the way, the goat that was pregnant gave birth to its kids. That yeah, was uh, huge. Yeah, so that was a it was a really cool uh, special thing to do and uh we're glad that we're part of it of course somerset's only about like two and a half hours away so it really wasn't that bad of a drive for us but uh definitely got to see some interesting things in somerset fucking kentucky and uh i'll uh,
3: shit you not
2: i'll shit you not man and the uh nathan Dar- i kyle, kyle and darian i think all three of them are going to be on on the next episode which we're actually going to record here in less than two hours so um so be looking forward to that as well. And Surfiel is in that uh, first Penny Royal episode. The second one. The second one. Yeah, the second one of the season, two. So you guys go, go check that out and support those guys and what they're doing. But back to what we're doing here. This will be our first episode of a deep dive into conspiracy history, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, Sergio, you want to tell everybody about why we're doing this, like what has galvanized us to get this done?
3: Yeah, I mean, like everyone else has been a part of this world for a while and these, like, alternative media cultures, um, you know, we've seen and bemoaned it becoming uh, mainstream, things that are familiar to us that uh, we might understand the origins to. And um, you start seeing these things be repeated with people being unaware of the origins and history of a lot of these conspiracy memes and ideas and uh we've been confused by like a lot of people uh parroting really crazy old right-wing conspiracy narratives uh when they're you know that's not their ideological worldview as well as really religious uh, fundamentalist conspiracy narratives you know that are being parroted by people who are you know more open-minded or even new age or non-religious people and it's it's always really strange and uh, along with that um, sometimes like uh, I recently shared uh, some some podcast ramblings with mm-hmm. with Adam right And uh, a lot of times when people talk about Conspiracy theory, it's like, what the hell are they really talking about? And conspiracy theory tends to like build out instead of break things down and explain things. Like it's constantly building out to some wider grand conspiracy, you know, that becomes this conspiracy theory of history or a uh, conspiracy theory of society and eventually gets into this weird realm with spirituality and religion. What would be a uh, conspiracy theory? Of reality itself, and sometimes you listen to some of some of these people, and you're like, "What? What are they actually talking about? Are they they're not talking about some specific instance of a real conspiracy, um, where there's people accountable or m- real mystery to solve. It just keeps like building out. And what are they really participating in? You know, what are they really seeking? Are they really just seeking some? weird altered state, or is this more akin to some kind of, you know, weird shamanism or um, an initiatory experience like we talked about with Eric Davis last year. Um, So we just wanted to give a deep dive and really go into the ideological basis of a lot of conspiracy memes have just become really commonplace and uh, the role of religion and spirituality in conspiracy theory as well. And just do a, a real genealogy of these ideas and where do they really come from? And of mm-hmm. course, you know, this is from people who have been a part of these speculative cultures for a long time. Yep. Uh, we talked to Aaron Golius like about how much academic attention has been on conspiracy theory lately and mainstream news since Trump. And, you know, we don't want to be that like. NPR, for lack of a better word, you know, type of analysis, you know, we're really not outsiders, but we have sense and we're discerning and um, we recognize faulty ways of thinking that we participated in in the past as well. And so we really want to ask you guys to join us as we trace the genealogies of these really commonplace conspiracy theories
2: let me add something to that and just kind of like expound on uh, that point about conspiracy theory and religion and um, it becoming wider to reality. I mean, the whole idea of a conspiracy theory are just a conspiracy and we'll, we'll get into this more uh, later on and in, in a future episode, I'm sure. But the whole, you know, conspiracy comes from the Latin word um, breathe together. Right. So that's where it comes from. And, conspire. And it, it is a Latin term. And then I think in the next episode of this, I'm actually going to get into something called the Conspiracy of Catiline, which um, uh, is one of the first kind of known conspiracies, I guess, in history that was uh, a part of the end of the Roman Republic and all that. But I'll give more of the details about that in another episode. But the whole term conspiracy theory really is coined in around the time of the 1960s in response to the JFK assassination and the the questions that arose out of the JFK assassination and some of the inconsistencies of stuff that was in the Warren Commission report and all this. So people were asking like real, I think, valid questions about that. And, you know, whatever you think happened or didn't happen, then, you know, those questions were still being asked. That's That in and of itself is still a part of our history, right? So... But it eventually became that conspiracy was first a derogatory term, conspiracy theorists was first a derogatory term, yeah, but then the quote unquote conspiracy theorists embraced it right, and it something that was really underground, and we will explore this much later on in much further detail, but as time has gone on, there's been a conspiracy like we use the term conspiracy theory to discuss things like religion or things like the origin of civilization, which is something we're going to talk about tonight. And it becomes wider so that everything included becomes a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to like the 20th century and all that, why that happens. Um, but it is, definitely comes from a very from a very kind of simple term to an even wider thing that really shouldn't include questions of spirituality or questions of human origins or questions of civilization or any of these questions really well, none of this none of this is conspiracy stuff but it has become the language has shifted to like where you have People writing conspira- their quote unquote conspiracy theories when they're not really a conspiracy theory. They're not about a specific thing, like Sirfriel was saying. If that makes yeah, sense,
3: they're building out. Yeah, like I get what you say about the development of the uh, conspiracy theory with the JFK assassination, the assassination of other uh, left-wing figures in the country is where a lot of the research styles that. Um, you know, really came to dominate the conception of it come from. But, you know, there's a long history of right-wing conspiracy theory. But, like, that's when it really crossed over into this, like,
2: this bigger thing. It becomes enmeshed. And we're seeing this now, with especially with QAnon, right? And we talked a little bit about this on the last episode with Aaron, that it's become enmeshed with spirituality. It's become enmeshed with, with, with religion.
3: Yeah, conspirituality.
2: Yeah, right.
3: Um, And so there's, you know, you get the curious case of um, people who would have been on opposite political spectrums or philosophical religious spectrums sharing these same memes and narratives. Um, And I think the explorations that we're going to do are going to help explain why and how that can happen. And in order to start this process, I think we need to go back to the beginning of time. (laughs) Because oh, as these we're going back that far, you know, as these conspiracy theories build out, they now deal with these bigger philosophical questions, like you were talking about. And the most grand and overarching conspiracy theories reach back to antiquity. Uh, not only does everything become one big conspiracy theory, but it goes back to the beginning of time. And in our view of the beginning of time. Uh, the influence of religion and mythology plays a really big part.
2: Right. Correct. Mythology is always a way to explain how we got here.
3: And a lot of these conspiracy theories are like a modern, they serve as a modern mythology for explaining a complex world that people don't understand. So religion has influenced conspiracy theory in in the West in many ways that I don't think people really uh, recognize. And many of these conspiracy theories are really based on religion And a lot of it has to do with the uh, both Jewish experience and the early Christian experience. Their dealings with other groups of people, the captivities and the occupation of the Roman Empire in the early uh, Christian experience. Religion is really what drives things to become this uh, conspiracy theory of reality, as well as these ideas have become really popular now that the elites have always had this secret esoteric religion.
2: Let's talk a little bit about, uh, some of the development of these religions and, uh, where some of this may come from. You and I have talked about, uh, we talked about Manichaeism, yes. uh, was one of the things that we're talking about. And we're going to talk about Gnosticism. Let's give a little bit about a little bit of kind of like historical and religious kind of background on where this comes from. Um, Serfiel mentioned the captivities. And I think what you're talking about is like the Babylonian yeah. captivity. Okay. This is a motif. You know, I was listening to a lot of reggae earlier today. And this is yeah, a motif. Babylon. A motif that's in, in reggae because of Rastafarianism. But the Babylonian captivity is something that refers to when the nation of Judah, well, the nation of Israel was actually destroyed before that. Um 200 years by the Assyrians. But when Judah Judah was destroyed by the Babylonians and the Jews, the ancient Israelites, whatever, were taken to Babylon. Yes. Right. Okay. They stay in Babylon for 70 years. They eventually come back. And the reason that they come back is because of Cyrus the Great, Um lets them come back and Cyrus was a Persian king that had actually taken over the Babylonian Empire so once um, that occurred they come they start to kind of trickle back over the course of about, I, th- I think about 30 40 years maybe even a hundred years they kind of trickle back and build the second temple and all that Well, there's an interesting thing that happens um, and a lot of religious scholars have talked about this. An interesting thing that happens is that Judaism becomes influenced at that time by Zoroastrianism. And Zoroastrianism was a dualistic religion. And what I mean by a dualistic religion is that it believes in an ultimate good and ultimate evil. So you have... Two gods that are basically equal to each other. One is good, one is evil, but also another. One represents physicality, which is kind of more evil, and one represents a spiritual side, which is good. Okay, The Jews become more influenced by this over time as part of the Persian Empire and their association in Babylon. So this is something that is important to remember with the development of the religion. Uh, once Christianity comes along, it fully embraces a lot of these same kind of concepts. Okay, mm-hmm. um, the vision, the, the vision, putting good and evil, light and dark, these type of things, and you can see some of these developments happening in, like the Qumran scrolls, the Dead Sea Scrolls, something called the uh, the War Scroll, oh, yeah. which is called like the Sons of Darkness versus the Sons of Light, or something like this. So you definitely see these kind of dualistic concepts uh, coming into the religion at this time, and we see this today. There's a lot of this in conspiracy theory culture now where you see more of the, we're the good guys, we're fighting the bad guys. We're the, we're the, good, we're the forces of light fighting the forces of darkness. You see this a lot.
3: And I think those experiences with the captivity and the viewing of a foreign political power as being in some kind of relationship with the powers of evil in the world, which helps explain the plight, that has a big influence. And then later in the experience of early Christianity, uh, you know, this sect was not and the the various sects of what became Christianity were not... um, uh, looked looked upon favorably by the occupying state. And so that relationship of viewing the worldly power, rejection of, of worldly power, and attributing some of that worldly power to dark spiritual influences.
2: Right. And this is where you get the kind of the Gnostic concept of archons. And the Gnostics are considered to be in a Christian heresy, although they probably really grew out of this kind of amalgamation between Judaism and probably Zoroastrianism, right? They were, um, this idea that there is this secret knowledge, um, in Christianity that they said, the Gnostics said that Jesus taught. And they were something that existed from probably around about even the first century AD, probably up until I'd say probably the fifth or sixth century. And, they had a very kind of, uh, it, it was dualism. It was basically there is a creator God, but there is a higher God and there is a higher power. And the creator God created uh, base matter and base matter is evil and these type of things. Now that's kind of basically it. There's a lot of different sects of yeah, Gnosticism. Just, just like Christianity. And, and all we really knew about Gnosticism was what was filtered through the church. Uh, there was a book, Bishop Irenaeus, he wrote a book called Against Heresies, and that for nearly 2,000 years was basically all we had to go on about the Gnostics. And it was basically written by someone that was against them. So we knew what their enemies felt about them, but we didn't know what they actually felt. Well, in 1945, at a place in Egypt called Nakamadi, uh, these texts were found, these codices, these books basically that were someone had buried probably 1500 years before that had all their writings and basically, well the writings that we know of and it shed a new light on them yeah. and who, and who they, and who they really were. And, uh, you can find these online. Um, the Nag stuff. I've actually got a little book here called the other Bible that I've had for a long time that has some of these texts in them. And they I was reading some of them today and they really are some some interesting stuff. They're alternate versions mm-hmm. of what you would read in the Bible. Familiar, especially the creation stories.
3: stories. Yeah. And so I'm I'm sure some of you guys are connecting the dots already with these heresies and the Gnostics and what their role in future conspiracies is going to be because though they seem to us to have have been relatively marginal, they will serve as a a basis for thinking that there is this elite secret esoteric religion Mm -hmm. that, uh, the rulers of the
2: world follow. We should also add too, though, that it's not just the, the Gnostics, um, right all the, these different the, the the mystery schools yes. also yes. which were which were also pre-christian and a lot of the, that stuff you know it, we don't have any real written texts of these people so you know sir Fiel today forced me to listen to William Cooper hour of the time about the dawn of man and that uh w- which we'll talk about i think we'll get a little bit more to that but that's all that about that is. But yeah. the ancient uh, ancient mystery schools, and you'll have you'll what you'll see
3: later on um, in the development of conspiracy theory is the equation of these mystery schools of these heresies with just devil worship, pretty much, or what they would call Luciferianism. Mm-hmm. Things like that. They become equated in the popular imagination as being something necessarily dark, as being, uh, you know, dedicated to the force of darkness and Satan. So, a good place to start with the role of uh, religion in the development of conspiracy theory is uh, certain parts of the Bible and how they've been interpreted. So, in the Old Testament, uh, in Genesis, there is some curious parts of the creation story, um, and then uh, we have this uh, general idea of a uh, of the rebellion of Satan and the angels, which you've really pointed out to me is uh, has has been really interpreted very freely by Christianity. What yeah, the, some of these things actually might have meant.
2: Yeah, there's several different things. I mean, if you look at kind of the development of the concept of Satan or the devil, um, I'm not so sure that Lucifer as a word is actually mentioned in the Bible. Now, there is a concept of the morning star, which, you, of course, is Lucifer. So I guess it is yeah, actually true. mentioned, but I guess whatever translation that you get is going to either translate it into Lucifer or translated into Morning Star. What does the King
3: James say? That's what that's all we need to know.
2: I'm I don't know. Um, that's a good question, but the, the that, of course, is the 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 authority, right? Um, but you have in the Old Testament, uh, the first time that you have a figure that is identified as Satan is this figure in the book of Job. Uh, that is called the Hasatan that is basically an advocate in like this trial. So the setting of the book of Job is a Job of course is a man that, you know, uh, worships God with all his heart and God decides to test his faith and the Hasatan challenges God to test Job's faith. Right? So he allows him to do that. And, of course, Job gets all his like his sons die and gets all the boils and all this unfortunate stuff happen to him. And all the while, the the Hasatan is doing that. However, the Hasatan in this context is really just a um, really just a title. It's not a it's not a name. So this could be any figure in the divine council if you're familiar with Dr. Michael Heiser's Heiser's work that is acting as kind of like, for lack of a better word, the devil's advocate, essentially. Mm. There's also reference later on, I think it's in Isaiah, I'm not a biblical scholar guy, um, where they talk about the king of Tyre and something about the morning star falling to earth. These type of things are described. Now, whether in the Jewish, particularly Jewish concept, you know, context of the Old Testament, if that's what they're actually talking about, uh, that is up for interpretation. So you could interpret it as a Christian. You could interpret it as, a, oh, that's being Satan. But definitely by the time you get to the New Testament, there is definitely a flavor of the devil. And of course you have the temptations um, in the desert, these type of things. And there's some passages in Matthew where it talks about Satan being cast to earth, so you definitely have this mm-hmm. in in that, and you may be wondering why I do not include the serpent in the garden. Well, that's never specifically said to be Satan, right? But through later, really Christian tradition, because the I don't believe that the Jews see it this way; they would see uh, the just that is a serpent. Now, you might have some interpretations that that's a dragon and that type of thing, too, and then that's, that can be analogous to Satan because later on there's descriptions of Satan as the beast of the dragon and these, these type of things. But um, that is something that is a part of, uh, in Jewish mythology, I guess, for lack of a better term, you do not have this identification with the devil, with the serpent in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you've got a long string of development until you get to what is kind of the, the conception of Satan. And Sergio and I were talking about like, as we were kind of preparing for this over the last course of the last few weeks, you know, he's talking about, doesn't it describe, describe that in the Bible. Well, a lot of our conceptions of the history and the life of, of lucifer satan whatever comes from paradise lost it doesn't come from the bible so these traditional things have been passed on yeah paradise lost is from 400 years ago it's old but it's not quite as old as the bible but there are interesting things in the bible and there are you know do we want to do you want me to read some of this um yeah go ahead you know of course you've got uh talk about the idea of human origins and all that um you know the uh the flood story and of course this is very much central to the skywatch tv crowd right the uh genesis 6 narrative so this is uh Bible this is the new international version Genesis 6 1 when men begin to increase on number in number on the earth and daughters were born to them the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any of them they chose then the Lord said my spirit will not contend with man forever for he is mortal his days will be 120 years so that means from that point on is 120 years till till he's going to wipe everybody off out in the flood so the Nephilim were on the earth in these days And also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old men of renown. So you have this very weird uh, first four verses of Genesis chapter six, where there's really not much of a description of really what is going on. There's not a lot of detail here. Now, where we're going to get some detail is in a book called the book of Enoch which is written much later than Genesis, Mm -hmm. Uh, probably sometime between 300 BC and 100 BC is what I think, if memory serves me right. Uh, The book of Enoch is not part of your Bible. The only Bible that it is in is the Ethiopian Bible. So if you're a member of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, you definitely have the Book of Enoch in your Bible. But it is not considered a, a it is not considered canon. However, you will notice that and I call them Skywatch TV crowd, and I definitely was part of this whole, you know, Christian fringe group for a while, is that they will actually use and recite the book of Enoch when it's not something the mainstream Christianity even takes seriously. Mm -hmm. But there are conceptions in the Book of Enoch. You get much more of a detail that the watcher's angels, the fallen angels, actually they're not fallen. The watcher angels are watching mankind, and they see the women of man, and they decide to go and mate with them. And they produce these offspring that are called the Nephilim. And this has been kind of misinterpreted. As the giants, right? And right? Um, this is something that was through the translations of the Bible. You get to the King, uh, the King James version translates them as giants. And later on, it's been translated as Nephilim. Um, now, it's very interesting because these are basically demigods, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So in Greek mythology, Roman mythology, you always had these demigods. You always had these, 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 um, uh, heroes, heroes and giants. And and Mm -hmm. that, you know, Perseus, Hercules, they were all, you know, Zeus saw a woman, thought she was hot and had sex, turned into a bull, had sex with her you know, all these type of, and then time months later, here comes, you know, Hercules and or Perseus comes out, you know, so all, but so all these things, these were, these were basically, these were basically demigods and some of this, you know, is a link to, um, some of the mystery religions that we talked about, because yes. a lot of these heroes, uh, especially Mithras, mm-hmm. Mithras was semi-divine, um, a lot of these heroes were later incorporated into these mystery religions. Okay. So that's kind of a tie into that as well. Um, so you have that, um, so you definitely have in the Bible, there is the idea that there are, um, there are these beings that come down and at least take advantage of mankind. um, and then there's other things in the book of Enoch where it goes into more detail, like how the watcher angels come down and they put things in like abortion and show mankind how to do metallurgy and all this kind of also weird stuff. There, is, there are these concepts in the Bible that you have these basically these beings that are above right. us.
3: And they serve a similar kind of purpose that the serpent does in that they're instructing mankind in knowledge and the sciences, etc. Right. So how, how this all relates to conspiracy theory is that when the mystery schools and these heresies are blamed for political conspiracies, particularly the French Revolution, which that will be an entire episode, if not a couple itself... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a lot that goes back to the Then there's this chain created, you know, that there has been this um, demonic, dark, Luciferian, whatever you want to call it, influence that stretches back to the biblical days. And this stuff cross pollinates into the New Age kind of narratives, into ideas of ancient aliens, David mm-hmm. Icke, reptilians, right, right. secret bloodlines. You know the the bloodlines of the Illuminati or or anything like that that you know uh, or the Zachariah stitching stuff that these bloodlines of the ancient kings go back to
2: the Anunnaki stuff yeah go
3: back to these this visitation or whatever you want to call it of you know of these other beings angels watchers nephilim and their offspring you know become. The uh the rulers.
2: Yeah, it gets it gets it gets translated into these different ideas. Yeah. Um there's there's a very fine line between the ancient uh alien stuff and saying that they were angels. You know, like we're what we're what we're basically dealing with is celestial beings. And I'm not saying that none of this stuff is like Untrue. There may be some truth to some of this. Mm -hmm. I I leave myself open to that um, for sure, but uh, a lot of it is based in these ancient traditions as well. So uh, Ephesians is interesting. Now, much later on in the the post-the-life of Christ, this is St. Paul, uh, one of his uh, letters to the Ephesians. Uh, This is... Ephesians 6.10 Finally be strong Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then he goes on to talk about the armor of God. Uh, this is something that is often cited
3: powers and principalities
2: right and this is a concept that um, comes from directly comes from Judaism of course Paul was a Jew we need to remember that first first and foremost and and a lot of that influences his ideas but there was um, this concept that each nation had its own prince obviously they had a physical prince but they also had a spiritual prince Prince, a spiritual entity that controlled that um such as in the book of daniel there is this in, in the book of daniel is really strange and i've learned a lot about
3: and it's really the writing
2: of the bible end
3: time prophecy as well
2: yeah and we'll get into that i mean it, it's really big it really is influenced um end time prophecy like you said uh dispensationalism uh definitely the you know the 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 statue and Nebuchadnezzar's dream, that is something that you know you see oh, yeah. a lot in that in the um, Jehovah's Witness pamphlets. Right, God. exactly. Right, exactly. It's a huge influence on British Israelism. Yeah. Okay. And it's also a huge it's also a huge influence on the book of Revelation later yeah. on in and of itself. But the book of Daniel is very strange because there's a there's this begrudging acceptance by the Jews about it. Now, if you look at a Jewish Bible, the book of Daniel, because the 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 order is different in the Jewish Bible and from Catholic Bible I've got an Orthodox Bible here and it's actually laid out the same as in the Jewish Bible. The book of Daniel was last. The book of Daniel is not considered as authoritative. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like revelation is to a lot of christian denominations now it's considered strange and odd and 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 doesn't really fit but there's a scene in the book of daniel where daniel um is so that he's going to be delivered by one of the archangels and apparently like the archangel gets there in the situation just in time for daniel and daniel asks the archangel um well where were you why are you late and he said well I had to contend with the Prince of Persia. I had to fight him. He's not talking about the Cyrus or the King or whatever. yeah, he's talking about this spiritual entity that he had to do battle with. So this was a concept that
3: mm-hmm.
2: that the Jews had, and that they as they perceived their their pagan neighbors that they had you know maybe the Babylonians had Marduk and you know the Greeks had Zeus, so they saw these as real. Physic, or as real spiritual entities, and this is something that when we get to Gnostic, you get to Gnosticism becomes this concept of the archon.
3: So then uh, we touched on a little bit, but this, the end times prophecy stuff. I just want to say we are going to see how much those ideas have come to influence conspiracy theory explosion of end times prophecy in the seventies. Yeah, and you know all the even you know the majority of the New World Order stuff that you see in the '80s is based on you know that this New World Order is going to come after the Christian minority uh, in, in the same way that that Rome had it out for him, you know, and that uh, that was the end goal of the New World Order is to destroy Christianity and to I guess seat seat the devil um, at the heart of power pretty much which is the
2: same kind of weird and that's something that's going to get amalgamated into we get to the 20th century 21st century this idea of that um all the bad shit that is done in the world by all the bad people Mm -hmm. is because these bad people are believe in something that us good christians don't believe in and they're all you know they're they're mystery school acolytes, and yes. they are the servants of the of of the of Lucifer, who they believe is the real God, but is actually just the good old devil, old right. scratch in disguise,
3: right? And that you know that they see the uh, serpent in the garden as evil and as Satan, and that these. These rulers who are who worship the idea of illumination and Lucifer actually see him as the hero. And so I guess this would be a good time before we really hop into some of the deeper Gnostic stuff to play a little clip from old Bill Cooper. This is from his Mystery Babylon series as part one.
1: Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we begin the origin... The history, the dogma, and the identity of the ancient mystery religions which are now known as the Mystery Schools, the Order of the Quest, Freemasonry, the Ancient Order of the Rose and Cross, the Knights Templar, the Sovereign and Military Order of the Knights of Malta, the Order of Saint John of Jerusalem, the Priory de Sion, the Fool Society, are sometimes known as the Foolish Society. The Order, the Skull and Bones, the Russell Trust, the Jason Society, the Scroll and Key, the Illuminati, and I could go on and on and on and on. And the priests of the ancient mystery religion always followed the light. They always looked toward the East they considered themselves to be illumined. That being true, in the great orb of day, God's Son could rightly say of itself that, quote, I am the light and the truth, unquote.
3: All right. So there you have it. The good old astro-theology shtick.
2: Yeah. Um, I listened to that today, uh, the entire hour of it, which was uh, very interesting. I, I had heard it, I think a little bit of it before, but I never sat down and listened to the whole entire thing.
3: I've listened to the whole series, man.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's more?
3: Hour of the Time.
2: (laughs) Is there more to that, though? Is there more to the. Yeah,
3: that's like a 10 part series. Okay. To the assassins and everything because he is equating this, you know, the modern forces of the New World Order with this ancient mystery school that goes back to the dawn of time yeah that is luciferian and it's got this really weird uh traditionalist bent to it that you can pick up on where it's looking at all of uh, what we consider like the development of civilization pretty much as evil as this kind of fall Mm -hmm. um which is a theme you'll see in a lot of different places of different
2: yeah i thought it was interesting i i had um I think there's some things that he kind of, you know, put a nail on the head with. I don't I'm not going to say that it's, it's an impossibility that he was that he was wrong. Um 2001 is definitely a very heady movie. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, you you got to uh, really there's a lot of concepts in the book that are not in the movie that are also very interesting. A lot of transhuman <laughs> stuff that's in the book. Um but Explain the concept, though, for people, though, if they're not familiar with that, of astrotheology and kind of what that means and how he's equating what we're seeing in 2001 with some of the astrotheology. He talks about the sun and the moon. Um,
3: Um, So astrotheology, these ideas, uh, Jordan Maxwell and Bill Cooper in particular really popularized this stuff in the 80s and the 90s. And I think, I mean, there is a lot to it in seeing um, the basis of a lot of uh, both ancient religions and mythologies and the mystery schools in, um, in these allegories of the stars and of the, the sun, the moon and planets, etc. There is a lot to it. You can find parallels um, and the emphasis on the sun as the you know, original conception of the light um, because we were uh, dependent on it for uh, life, for food, etc., and the darkness and the cold as being, you know, having negative connotations and this kind of, the origins of those dualistic religious systems you're talking about really being from this really primal experience from nature that goes back, you know, before, before humans, if you believe in evolution. Um, so that's what that's what that is and really of course there's a lot of uh parallels in in christianity that have been that he takes apart too and you know he says that these uh ruling secret mystery schools view christianity as a perversion of the mystery schools
2: yeah it's a very yeah he's it's kind of complicated in a way the way he kind of lays it out and and he he starts off well. Everything starts off with like he's starting off talking about two thousand one, yeah, essentially, and, and I it guess that's, out. that's your that's your entry point into this odd thing that he's talking about, and um, you know, he was putting things in there like the dawn of man in the dawn of man section at the very beginning of the movie. He's talking about like the pointed mm-hmm. rocks and that being mm-hmm. like a. Talks about like um, the pointed rocks and that being a phallic symbol and that being a symbol, a symbol. Yeah, he's like he says that like very slow, just like that. Yeah, he does say penis a lot, and uh, it talks about that and like the just the pointed rocks and all that. And I think uh, I was like, eh, that's a little much. It's,
3: <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's a lot of truth to all that kind of idea. Um. This were the, you know, the heavens were the first thing that might have birthed uh, a lot of our uh, abstract, more abstract, symbolic, and mathematical systems because it's the first thing that we could, you know, develop patterns out of. Uh, so I think it it has a lot to do with our oldest stories, um, but tying it into this like grand, overarching conspiracy that's where it's like it goes wrong you know yeah and yeah. It, it equates it basically does like equate all you know human progress with this like evil pact with satan pretty much
2: yeah yeah and he's also doing the whole thing where you know 2001 is the mystery the mystery religions revealing their purpose or reveal revelation, making of, the method, revelation of the method and revealing all this stuff. And like, you know, hidden in plain sight. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, you can definitely see a lot of uh, Cooper's stick later gets incorporated in Alex Jones.
3: Yeah. It's a almost,
2: lot of the stuff that he says, like, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't really buy that, that Alex Jones ripped Cooper off, but he did rip Cooper off a yeah, lot I, mean,
3: we got a, I couldn't find it I was actually looking for an audio recording where he talks about this because I remember Alex Jones talking a lot about this stuff um, so I actually have a quote where he would always talk about this, this witch doctor story where uh, he relates this early observations of solar eclipses and prediction of solar eclipses to uh, a way that the, the first rulers ran the first cons and basically created modern political trickery as we know it. So do you want to do
4: the
2: Alex? Let's see here.
4: So they want to have that normal change came and say that it's man-made to have a planetary government to come and save us from the crisis. Because the truth is, volcanoes blow up, glaciers suddenly form, and in just a few years, sea levels go up, they go down. What are they talking about? They have to have an Earth with a stable climate. Hey baby, there isn't any stable climate. We're on a gigantic spaceship. A huge rock. A molten rock with little islands floating on top of lava. Oh yeah, orbiting a gigantic nuclear furnace blasting out every type of radiation you can imagine. Oh, we must make it stable. It isn't stable but that is the same witch doctor trick they learned 10,000 years ago 7,000 years ago 5,000 years ago 3,000 years ago is he ripping his shirt off at this point they, they would tell them because the priest would mark down the dates on the calendar it didn't matter if it was in Greece or Mesopotamia or Babylon or the Aztec Emons what? the Mayan culture before that they could know when the eclipse was coming and they would say you got to serve us do, do what we say or the god the goblin god the snake god the titan whoever it was was different for every group will eat the sun and it eats the sun they all prostrate themselves before them and then worship them for another three, 30 years till another thing happens and by then after they had seen four or five eclipses in the snake goo and all the priests god in the West, and, and the priests had the power to make the snake god spit it out It was over And they were just running a snake god Op And on uh, you as usual And of course you were you were all fall directly forward to take your injections. <laughs> <laughs> well, was the inje- injections Was the injections thing Was this, was this before uh, COVID
3: Yeah I think so Take your injections ah! Snake god op
2: Because it's going to reflect Yeah what's what's going to come up with in these grand um, unified conspiracy theories is going to reflect what's going on at the time that they are written. And then also it's going to reflect back on what we talked about here. Yeah.
3: Because the first revolution and rebellion was the one against God.
2: That's right. That's right. So that's what we kind of, that's what we kind of explored. Um, On the next episode of this, uh, which we'll, do in about a month Uh, we're going to talk about um, lost civilizations we'll get into that and that kind of concept and how that feeds into some of the conspiracy themes Which we're thinking about including it in
3: this but i think it was just yeah it was
2: was too much atlantis lemuria the these type of things um we will definitely talk about that but then i'm also want to segue into talking about the ancient world and some of those conspiracies and we can also talk a little bit about uh the rift between judaism and christianity talk a little bit about you know the origins of religious anti-semitism and these things and these are these are going to be themes that you know hopefully we're going to work with as and continue to explore as we kind of keep going on with uh, this little series that we're doing
3: yeah, so welcome to Paranoid Styles, and yeah. uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, we will have one of these every month, and the rest of the episodes will be our usual long interview guest-based format.
2: Yes, um, which coming up next time, and actually in the next twenty-five minutes for us actually is the Pennyroyal Crew. Um, so we will be we will be speaking to them about uh, the latest. Um, season of their podcast, I'm sure we're going to get into a whole bunch of crazy shit. So, uh, remember also that uh, later on at the end of this month, uh, February 25th, we're going to do a a special presentation with Kiki Dombrowski, Uh, and that's going to be Friday evening, February 25th, if people can join us on Zoom. Now, to do that, uh, two ways to do that, which hopefully by the time this comes, I think, by this coming Friday I'm going to try to have something up on uh, Eventbrite for people to go buy tickets if they want to buy a one time ticket of course you'll get a link to the Zoom Um, but then the best way probably to do it is to join our Patreon, so you guys can just join in every single month uh, which that's going to be at the $10 Patreon level so check that out guys and of course we will will make an announcement on this um, every episode so definitely check that out and if you want to find out where our Patreon is, help us with everything, Surface can always tell you where that where that is. You can find our Patreon at
3: patreon.com slash conspiranormal where you can become a conspiranormalist. Join the mystic crew or the ancient circle of strange realities. You yourself can join one of these ancient Babylonian Canaanite mystery religions.
2: Astro-theological mystery religions. Yeah.
3: Uh, that stretches back to antiquity and the Garden of Eden itself. And uh, learn the, the true secrets of 2001,
2: A Space o- Odyssey. Or something like that. Yeah. Alright, uh, thank you guys for joining us on Goods paranormal's Paranoid Styles. We'll see you
1: in about a month.